Good morning, my church. How are we? Great, great, great. Can everybody say pursuit? Pursuit. We're going to kick off a series today. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, you guys might have found one of these cards in your seats. Make sure you guys grab one of these on your way out and give it to a friend for next week because this series is going to be special, special, special. We're really uh, putting a lot of eggs in this uh, series, and then the challenge that comes along with this series, we'll tell you more about that next week in our Pursuit Challenge. Uh, real quick, before we dive into our conversation this morning, let me give you a couple uh, cool uh, things we should celebrate. One, uh, the guy over here on the drums, his name's Bryant Davis. The Davises has had another baby. Can we give a little shout out to all the people with babies? We've got a, we a baby-making factory around here. Uh, they just keep popping them out, popping them out. Should never quite say it quite like that. But uh, the uh, the other thing we should celebrate is some of you guys have been praying for Elliot and his wife Bethany Vote, who's on our staff. Um, Bethany has uh, found out she's had cancer several several weeks back. Uh, had something called a chordoma, where she would need a uh, to get a tumor out of her skull. Like literally go into her skull, into the bone, and extract the tumor from within inside her bone. Uh, big deal. Been praying for that as a team. Every Wednesday our staff has staff meetings, and we huddle around the rock on our property, and we pray and we pray and we pray. But many of you have been praying. So uh, she went to MD Anderson uh, right after Christmas. Uh, she'd gone previously, and they said at MD Anderson, not in Columbus, from MD Anderson, we we know you've got this. You need to have this surgery performed. So she waits a couple weeks here at home, goes back out there, is in the midst of surgery, and the doctor comes out way early than the many hours of surgery and tells Elliot, somebody must be smiling on you. Those were the doctor's exact words. She does not have cordoma. And so we're like, uh, God, is this a miracle? And, and it absolutely is our, my church, we get to celebrate God did a miracle in somebody in our church. And we're just like, whoa, are you crazy? This is unbelievable. So there's been lots of, like, lots of just enthusiasm and excitedness around uh, all of our family because of what God's done in her life. Now, I want you to continue to pray for her because she's still out there and they're still searching for some cancer in her body. But pray for her because that's a huge, huge deal. They say that what she has, and they're trying to put a name on it, is 100% curable. And I think that's funny that the doctors say that, as God already kind of said, I got this one already in the bag, right? I already got this one figured out. So uh, we're pretty, pretty proud to uh, announce that to you this morning. So continue to, to folks in their prayers. All right, I want to talk to you today about this idea of being pursued, because a lot of us, maybe you... you came to church this morning and someone made you come. Someone drug you here and said, it's the new year. Come on, you got to start out kind of getting this God thing right. Maybe they offered you uh, a, a meal or if you're a wife, like something else or a golf game or, you know, something like get you in church. Usually it's the, the ladies inviting the men. Men, we're a little bit slow relationally. But we, we designed this series and this conversation with the idea that God, God doesn't pursue us because he's mad at us. That's not who God is. And I don't care how long you've been in the faith, somewhere along the way, circumstances cause us, and life's bumps and bruises, cause us to think, does God really love me all that much? 
Or is he just pursuing because he's ticked off and wants to jack me up because I've jacked it up? I've got it all messed up. And so uh, I remember this has happened multiple times in my life, but it always seems to happen. You know, I think it happened like about four weeks ago. I'm driving down the road, and I start seeing that says something on my dash that says E. Right? That's not for extrovert. It's for, like, empty. I, I don't know about you, but I'm always pushing the limit on how far I can go with the amount of gas that I have in my car. So whenever I see E, what do you immediately do? How much do you have out of the E? Now our modern-day cars gives you, like, oh, I got 40 gallons. Piece of cake. I can go for 40 miles. What I do is I'll push that 40 miles as far as I can go. I think I've got time. I'll pick up the phone. I'll, I do 10 things in the car at once. I, I'm, I'm very good at uh, trying to model non-texting and driving because I have three kids who watch now. But, but I, I'm always busy. I'm always pushing the limit. And I'm always driving further and, and going and going and going and going until finally I'm like, oh, I'm a, I, I lost track of time. I lost track of how many miles. It's on zero. So when it gets to zero, what do, you, what do you do? You're like, look quickly. And I was on the highway. I saw, you know, hang right here off the highway. You got point three that way, point one this way. But it's a left. So if I stop at the traffic, let's go left. Let's go right, right? So we start doing all our techniques to keep you going as long as you can go. So I feather the gas pedal. I coast down. I skip all the stoplights. I kind of maneuver, and I just coast in there, right? So a lot of us, what we do is we go and go and go until what happens to a lot of us, we run so hard that we end up being empty. And so even though we're in the beginning of a new year, a lot of us are starting the new year out, and we're kind of blitzed, we're kind of empty. And for some of you, you need, some, you need to be recharged. You need to be refocused. And for a lot of us, there's no better place, no better time to set our perspective, our agenda, our focus, and our attention on, on, on being energized and on having some, some power and some strength back in our lives. So what I'm hoping is that a lot of us would not view this uh, start of the year haphazardly, but we would say, you know what, I've been running, I'm on empty, I need to be filled up. Because what a, what a lot of us do is we, we, we run from God, a lot of us, and we, 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 we say, you know, I've blown it, I've made mistakes, I've, I'm, I'm far from God, and, and because I'm far from God, there's this big distance, there's this distance decay, I, I don't know how to come back. And so we run from God. Some of us, we just run and we run and we run from God. And you're tired, some of you are tired of running from God. Some of you, some of you you're Christians, and you're running for God. You're like, I, I'm going to keep doing whatever it takes for God. But some of you, you're, t- you're, you're, you're tired of even running for God. Some of you are trying to run for God so you can still win his approval. If I just check the box, if I just do one more thing, God will love me a little bit more. But here's the thing. We don't have to run from God. We don't have to run for God. The point of our conversation today is we just want to run to God. We just want to run to God. We want to get to a place where we're not running from, we're not running for, we're resting in. We are resting in what it is to really, really know and experience God. Why? Because God wants a relationship with us. So what I want to do today is, uh, in fact, over the next uh, four weeks, I'm going to roll out in the next two weeks, well, four weeks are series, but next two weeks, a, a challenge. And it's going to be an all-inclusive, uh, an all-play, everyone-invited challenge for the point and purpose of all of us 
leveraging the new year for personal growth. I'm talking about like, like maybe, just maybe, just maybe, if you go all in and we do, we do what we talk about here and we, we do it together, the accountability, the help, the encouragement, I, I'm telling you 2017 will be our best year ever. Now, we've been praying through this as a church. We've been strategizing. and We're about to roll out uh, a, a basket of eggs as we put them all in. And I hope you'll go all in with this, this series and the challenge of this series. I'll roll out the challenge over the next two weeks, so don't miss it. I want to tell you this morning the story of God's incredible love for us and how I can show it to you and prove it to you in an Old Testament book of the Bible called Hosea. Now, I've talked about this before. I've, I've, I've spoke messages around this passage, but I've probably never been more fired up to show you something out of Scripture that will show us and give us clarity about who God is and what he really believes about us and why that ought to bring us like crazy joy and crazy hope. All right, so buckle up. Hosea chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 2. I'm going to give you a couple verses today uh, out of Hosea. If you're new to Bible study, uh, you can almost flip like almost midways in your Bible and, and be close to it. But it's near, the old, it's near the end of the Old Testament. It's a Old Testament prophet, a guy who heard from God and was going to tell everybody else what God told him, and that's what he did. But God does something unique with this guy. God doesn't just tell this guy and have this guy tell others. God makes this guy live it, live this experience that he tells him to do so he can live it and then be passionately able to be his spokesperson to his, uh, his people who are basically empty and still trying to figure out how to, how, to, how to make life work for themselves. So Hosea chapter 1, we'll have verses on the screens. Let me jump right in. Verse 2. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, there's our, our main uh, guy in the theme here, in the story, he said to him, now here's what's kind of crazy. This is when you kind of like go, like, uh, did God just really say this in the Bible, right? So this is what he said to Hosea. Go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. Now, now here's what's going on. God tells this guy, Hosea, to marry a woman named Gomer. This girl... Uh, even though to marry this girl, even though she will continue having children with 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 other with other lovers, right? It's got this thing going on. It's like, whoa, God, did you just say that in the Bible? And most of the times, if you're like me, you're like, what? Let me just skip on over here and find that Jesus, Jesus. Oh yeah, Jesus. Here's the Jesus part. Let me read this Jesus part. I don't get that part, right? You ever do that? You read something, you're like, I don't know if I want to read that. That's kind of weird. God really say that? Let me find that Jesus thing. Uh, Jesus, okay. So a lot of times we'll do that. And, uh, but here's the thing. This, and let me just read scripture to you. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. So what's going on here? God tells this guy to go do something and live this life so you have the experience of what I'm trying to say to the children of Israel. And here's, here's kind of what he's saying. Uh, let me just say this too. God's not slacking on his moral boundaries here. He's not saying, oh, you know, hey, that, that, that people can do whatever they want to do. No, because there's like, there's complications with that, right? You've experienced those complications. When I dumb up, when I make mistakes, I, I pay for those mistakes. Life's never, nice. Life's never easier when I do it against how God kind of set this thing up. But he, here's what God's saying. Israel's cheating on me, and it's breaking my heart. Israel has another mistress, and it's not me right now. So, Hosea, I want you to go 
and live this out with this woman who even though you'll give her your heart and you'll advance, she will, she will not respond to you. So God's, God's saying to this man, he's probably like, what in the world, God? This is so jacked up. But here's the thing. God wants to showcase his faithfulness in spite of our faithlessness and to showcase that whenever we're faithless, whenever we get off road, whenever we go another route, Whenever we feel like, ah, I don't get the God peace and I'm scared, I'm not ready to, to, to surrender at all, and I think God's pursuing me because he's mad at me, God says, no, no, let me clear up the confusion. Let me clear up anything you might have ever thought about me through this story of the guy who I'm setting up to be my spokesperson to model what it really is to look like what people would need to know about me that I, I, I love people, that I love you. That, I, that I'm going to give my life and sacrifice everything for you. So he sets up this, this marriage, right? Sets up what he would ultimately do in terms of, uh, I want to be presented to the world as a groom, and the people that would call themselves mine, the church, I, I want them to see how much I love her. And so God sets up this idea, and he wants us to do three things. And I, I, I've jotted three things down. You'll find these in your notes this morning. God wants us to trade religion for the relationship. He wants us to get rid of this idea of like, you know, I got to check, bo- check off the box. I got to do my deal. I got to do this. I gotta, I, God, this is what God wants from me, so I'll just do it. God's like, no, 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 no. You're missing the heart of it. You're missing like the joy, the love, the hope, the, the enthusiasm, the, the me piece because you're just making this religious piece. It's just just check off the box. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is our human nature, to take anything good, especially the things of God, and to just make it just, just another normal, everyday thing. It's, it's, the, it's the trick of our enemy to cause us to miss really knowing and experiencing God. So God sets up this, this he has this goal with Hosea, that he would position Hosea to be his spokesperson and essentially, he's saying, go love this girl, and even though she's going to break your heart and your heart's going to be broken, and she'll continue to cheat on you, I want you to pursue her again and again and again. Even though she will not respond to your advances, this is what I want you to do. Why? Because I want them to know about me. And so he sets this up powerfully. And the first thing I want to give you is that trade your religion, your your reli- trade in religion for relationship. And why? Uh, why? Because the primary image, the, the single most, foremost image God wants us to have about himself is that of a marriage relationship. Now, I, uh, my, my wife mocks me because anytime I have a dentist appointment, I, I, don't, I never want to go. I'm not scared of the dentist. I even like my dentist but I don't like going to the dentist. Christy will tell me weeks out, put this on your calendar. And then every week leading up to and even the days and the day of, she reminds me over and over and over again because it's the same thing for me. I go for, this, I go for the, you know, she's like, baby, it's just, a, it's just a, you know, a service. It's like going like you do with your car. It's just a checkup. They're just going to do a little cleaning. They're just going to go take care of your teeth. And I'm always saying, but they love my teeth. They tell me all the time I got great teeth. I don't, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So I'm always trying to get out of my dentist appointments. So about four weeks ago, I'm supposed to go to the dentist. Christy's telling me I got to go. I don't want to go. And predominantly the reason I don't want to go is because I know he's going to say what he always says. You got nice teeth. 
but you're not flossing. And he busts my chops. And I'm like, I don't want to go to get my chops. I don't, I don't need that right now. I don't have enough time, and I don't want the guy to stand over me. And I think my dentist thinks that I don't know how to floss. So every time it's the same thing. Now, let me, you've got great teeth, but you need to floss. Listen, I'm serious about this now, Jeff. Come on. Here's what you got to do. You just got to get this. He rolls it on his fingers. He, like, models. And I'm like, I, he thinks I don't know how. It's not a, it's, this is not a knowledge thing. It's a lazy thing. All right? I don't floss because I come home, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm tired. I don't want to floss, right? And so I finally give in. Christy's, like, all day long, don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. I show up. And it's a complete opposite role this time. He's like, hey, man, your teeth look great. Don't worry about the flossing thing. And I'm like, come on, man, seriously. You, every time he's like, I know, but you never do anyways. So I always tell you to do that. And I'm like, go. And I'm like, I'm like he's just playing reverse psychology. But, and I know he is, but still, I'm like, seriously, you, 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 you want to tell me to floss. I know I should. So he's like, nope, you're, it's your teeth. You just do what you want with your teeth. So I go home later on in that day, and I'm like, I should floss. I should floss. <laughs> And I'm like, jerk, he's got me. He fooled me, right? I don't know if Christy called him. But here, here's what it is. We view God like the dentist. You view, you view your relationship with God and showing up to church like the dentist. You think, we think that I'm going to show up and he's going to bust my chops, that i got to floss up, that i got to get geared up, cleaned up, ready to go before I can come. And God's just saying that's not it at all. It's not about flossing up and getting prepared. It's about just coming and being with me. It's about the relationship. And we can so easily get off because everything pulls us against and away from the relationship. It's so easy to, for us to get tripped up and just being on a treadmill and forgetting the point. And God's always about the point and the process, but it's, the process is always about the point. And God's point is, I want you to know me. Don't miss the me factor. And what we miss is like the me factor, and we just do, we try to check off the boxes, and we make it religious. And God's saying, no, 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 listen, let me show you this story about this guy. Let me tell you what he did. And so God begins to make Hosea his spokesperson to model who he is. So, But to do what God wants us to understand about him, we've got to start trading daily the religion for the relationship. We've got to do that often. We've got to constantly say, no, 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 I've got to focus here. And why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I just doing this because it's ritual now? No, no, it's about the relationship. So God's not our dentist. Uh, he wants us to know him. It's all about that relational piece. Um, I, brought, I brought two documents here this morning. One's really, really thick and one's really thin. This is my marriage certificate. It says, uh, it says, I don't have my glasses. I can't read it like I used to. All right, so I know it says 1993 on it. That's when I was married, and I know it says marriage, and it says a marriage certificate, and I know my name's on it somewhere, um, and I know I'm who I'm married to. So that's, that's, that's one contract, and I got another contract here. This is a, this is a mortgage. Now, how many of you guys, you guys have ever seen one of these before? How many of you guys ever sat down with and been in that setting before? I'm always playing, like, my poker hand, um, I act, I, I act like I know what I'm reading. I, I got the pen. You know, I'm, 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 li- I'm lining, underlining things, and they're saying, now, you understand this, and you got to do this, and they're giving me the, re- the, the, you know, the, the relationship, the requirements of what they're going to do and what I'm going to do. 
And uh, I'm, I'm always like, yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. I'm thinking, baby, I hope you understand this. I hope uh, the real estate agent, they've got all this down because I don't know what we're reading. I'm just acting like, uh-huh, yeah, I got all this down. So here's the thing. When it comes to our relationship with God, um, a lot of us, we, we treat it like a mortgage. And, and the difference between a mortgage and a marriage, is, a marriage license is that the marriage license is um, based off of what we're supposed to do in the relationship, and it's like we got to give it all, right? Uh, you, you sacrifice, you, you, you take care of each other, it's your life, you give your life to each other. This, this is not like, this is a little different, right? This is the minimum requirements of what the bank's going to do for you and what you're going to do for the bank, right? And it lists all that out. But what we do in a relationship is we treat the relationship with God like this mortgage contract where we just kind of look down through, the, we thumb through this thing, and like, all right, God's going to do this, so I'll do that. And if God does this, then I'll do that. And we sort of almost like, we kind of almost enter into this like bartering, bartering relationship with God. Uh, God's supposed to do this. If, he, if God does that, then I'm okay with, with, with doing this. And we just kind of, we kind of miss the heart of it. We kind of just miss the heart of it. And it's, we, we kind of almost get the minimum out of it because it's just set up that way. Or we think it is. Because the rest of the world is all about the religion and our God is all about the relationship. And so what God wants us to do is he wants us to trade that, that idea of the mortgage out and, and cause us to say, you know what, God, I'm not going to barter with you any longer. I'm not going to say, God, if, if I do something for you, then you'll do something for me. Because that's not how a relationship works. It's give 100%. Why? Because that person is giving everything and sacrificing it all for you. So, so here's the thing. Religion... Religion in and of itself will wear you out. It'll wear you out and leave your tank dry. That's what religion will do. And if you were honest this morning, in your experience with God, is that what it's been? Is there a percentage of your walk with God that you just feel like you're running and you're running and you're on empty? Because the truth is, and here's the truth, a relationship with God will leave you filled up and leave you full. They'll fill you up and leave you full. That's what a relationship w- will be. Because a lot of us, as we're doing this little contract and doing the minimum requirements, we're th- we, we say, is this all that there is? And so God's saying, listen, I want to use this guy, Hosea. I want to tell a story through him to the children of Israel and for everybody else and the rest of the world who ever be born on this planet, I want them to know about me. So trade your religion for relationship. Second thing I want to give you is this. Rest in the relationship. Rest in the relationship. Um, all brides, you guys have been, some of you have been brides. Um, we know, you know, in the marriage, it's a lot of times kind of all about that first big step. It's the wedding. Um, and... All brides want on their day, they want that day to be great and for everything to work out, right? But we know that it doesn't all work out. I got some pictures to prove that. Um, it doesn't always work out the way we think. Uh, you got, you got the, the old cake disaster, right? Uh, sometimes they'll put the smash the cake on each other's faces, and that'll be the start of, like, the fight later on, the first fight later on, right? Uh, you, got, you got the old I wanted to dance and look cool, but it didn't quite work out story, 
where you, you, she falls flat on her face. And here it is. Here's the best. You do your wedding on a dock. <laughs> and then everybody, the dock breaks. And my favorite is this. I like this. Here's the prince. All eyes. The world is watching. You need to be on your A game. A game. Look your bet. But look. Look who was ruining the picture on the bottom left, right? Look at the little girl down over there, right? You want it to go perfect, but sometimes it just doesn't go perfect. Now, here's the thing. Those are just some wedding pictures, and we think about weddings. We want them to go what's right, but in the end, it's all about what? It's all about two people saying yes to each other and resting in that love. It's about the joy of being accepted just as you are in that relationship. And that's what, God's, that's what God's saying to us in this story. Hosea 1.3, we'll go on a little bit further here. So Hosea marries Gomer. He does what God says. Hosea, Hosea marries Gomer. Um, she's the daughter of uh, Diblium, and she became pregnant and gave Hosea a son, a, a son. So let me tell you a couple things. We don't know a lot about Gomer, but we do know in Hebrew her, names mean, her name means I'm done. Now, we don't know a lot about her, but we know that she's a prostitute. We know she's got lots of kids. We know most of those are outside of her marriage. So in that custom, in that circle, you know, you know she's, she's pretty bruised up. You know she's got some struggles. You know her parents are like, ah, right? I mean, they're, they're, in, they're in a ridiculously religious system with a lot of very clear rules about what you don't do and what you do. And so she, we know she's got to be bruised up. She's got to be spiritually uh, de- deficient. We know she's got to be angry. We know she's probably hurting. Her name means I'm done. That's what it means, I'm done. I don't know if that's like I'm done with the route I'm going. I want to change. I want something different. It could be I've tried it. I don't know how to get out. I get out. Maybe it could be I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm, I, you know, maybe she's just so beat up and so bruised. I don't know, but her name means done. But let me tell you this. The guy named Hosea, who God says, I want to set you up to be my spokesperson, guess what his name means? His name means salvation. So, so God, God sets this incredible picture up. So this would give us hope in who he is. Not, not just what he can do for us, not what we can do for him. He wants us to get to a place where we can run, not for him, but run to him. A lot of us, we miss this. We miss this. God wants to, he wants us to get to a place we can find strength and hope and all the fuel we need for life through him. He wants us to rest in him. And this is the hope he has for us. Resting in that kind of love, safe, secure. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to floss up before I show up. I don't have to lie. I don't have to get all fixed up. Rest in him. The third thing I want to give you this morning, based off this passage, is for us to get the max out of this, we we have to invest in the relationship. There's got to be some investment on our part. And, And I think God wants us to say, hey, Lean into me. Lean into me. Uh, I went to uh, my doctor, my general doctor, probably three years ago. And I, I was, I don't know what was going on with me. I was just like, I was like tired all the time. I was depleted. 
I'm like in my 40s. I'm like, Doc, you do some blood work on me. I don't know what's up. I, I remember like several weeks not sleeping at all. And I was just like sleep deprived. And I was, I was, I was, to be honest, I just, I was taking a boatload of sleeping medicine. I was just like, I was stressed. I was worried. So we do my blood work. And he's like, everything looks good. Cholesterol is good. It all looks good. He's like, so tell me how you're doing. And I'm like, me tell you how I'm doing. I'm your doctor, right? You got, you got the blood work. You tell me, no, 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 just tell me how you're doing. So I tell him, I'm like, doc, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I just kind of want to quit sometimes. I, I don't even know what's going on. And so he asked me this, like, silly but kind of, like, became a profound question. He goes, are you exercising? Are you working out? What are you doing? Tell me, tell me what you're doing. So I told him about my day, my habits. He's like, you're not taking any days off, and you're not exercising. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you one thing. Just do this. And I, I, and I want you to report. My, my doctor's awesome. He like, I want you to report back to my office weekly and tell me how you're exercising, when you're exercising. So I did. And here's, here's the thing. Like, I, I'm like, okay, doctor. I'm extra, you're asking me if I'm exercising. I'm not even flossing. Okay. <clears throat> I'd exercised for years and, and, and high extensive in seasons of my life, but I had not been doing anything in those days. But here's what's f- so funny about this. That's counterintuitive, isn't it? I'm tired, so i got to work out. That's going to make me more tired. But here's, here's what happened. I worked out, started getting less tired, and it just seems like when it comes to the idea of working out, if we'll work out, there's a breakthrough period. When you make the investment in exercise, what happens? All of a sudden, you have more energy. So I really got serious about working out. I got in shape. I was working out hard. I went from not being tired to, like, having lots of energy because I'm, I'm exercising. So I did what the doctor said. I was like, oh, okay, the doctor told me to do it. I did it. But here's the thing. It's counterintuitive for us to make the investment. But if we want to get the max out of this relationship with God, we've, we've got we've to make the investment in that relationship. And I know what you would say. You'd say, I, I, I don't have time. I'm, not, I'm busy. I get all that. But let me tell you what Matthew says. Matthew says this in, in, in verse or chapter 11, verse 28. He says this. And, I, and I'm reading to you from the message version. Because I want you to see it as it's written in this. Because I think it's just like, it just blinders, I hope, will come off. God asked the question, are you tired? Worn out? And just, just let this be the question to you this morning. And this is what we know about God. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. Kind of sounds like a cruise, doesn't it? Kind of got that in my shorts, right? Come to me. Get away with me. And I love this. And you'll do what? Say that with me. You're what? Recover. Recover your what? Your life. Through who? Through Jesus, through God. See, he paints this picture with this guy named Hosea to showcase, to set up, to model to us a groom who loves his bride and would do anything for her. And so it breaks God's heart when we are loving anything else 
or leaning into anything else more than we're leaning into him. Why? Because he's relational. He never wanted it to be about checking the box off or I'm doing it for this purpose. He wants it to be about him. Why? Because he wants you to know him. He wants you to be strengthened and fueled and find hope and joy, grace, and love from him. God's a jealous God. And so from the beginning of time until now, God's been pursuing us, not because he's mad. What does he do with this woman? He says to Hosea, even if she rejects your advances, you stay faithful to her. You continue to love her. You don't back off. You don't quit. You love her. And that's the story of God loving us. You'll recover your life. But here's the point. Key for us. We've got to invest in a relationship. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn from me. Learn the unforced, I love this, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Meaning like, I've got a plan and a purpose that's specifically for you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. We're going to roll out in the next two weeks the Grow Challenge. And I'm, I, I don't know how to get you to do this. All I can say is, as your friend, as your pastor, as part of the family, I'm going all in on this challenge. Our staff has already said we're going to go all in on this challenge. And I think if you go all in on this challenge, what we roll out in the next couple weeks, we're going to transform our hearts. 2017 will be the greatest year of our lives because God wants every new year, he wants every new year to be a new year for you. For you to have a ridiculous new amount of understanding and love and growth for him. Why? Because we know who he is. We see what he's done. We see the story he's telling. Um, so take the Grow Challenge. We'll, we'll roll it out the next two weeks. Don't miss it. Uh, my wife and I, when I was in college, I picked her up, picked her up from the Roanoke Airport from Lynchburg where we, where we were in school, and it was my task. All her family knew they were out of town. No one, no one was in town, just Christy and I. And I was picking her up from Roanoke to take her back to our college. Uh, we'd been dating for, I don't know, a year or so. We were, like, like in love, love. Like, woo! Couldn't wait to see her. Not seen her for, I don't know, like a month or so. Uh, we must have been on break, and I got back early, yada, yada, yada. Well, I, I, was, I was the, the romantic and wanted to have, like, a real fun date on the way back. So I knew that there was, you know, about 10 minutes out of our way back to college, there's these incredible waterfalls. And so I had, like, everything packed up in my pickup truck, like, you know, like lunch and just, like, this fun little experience. And so I'm always the wild adventurous type. She should have ran after this night. I said night, didn't I? Yeah. So we're on our way back, and I take these off-road trails and go further and further and further and further down this this uh road, which is just like a really off-road road, rocks and traveling kind of near this waterfall, so it's kind of damp. We get down there. We have our picnic lunch. It's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I go to come back up the road, and I can't get up the road. So we spent another hour or so, and I'm trying to just kind of figure out how to get back, and 
I, I, you know, back back down to the bottom of the road again, and I get all the speed I can get, and I'm like, boom, boom, bouncing up these big rocks and sliding my truck and spinning and just like, uh, I'm not making it. So I back, back I do that a hundred times. So finally, I, I give up, and I'm like, her parents are going to kill me. My parents are going to kill me. The school's going to find out, and we're going to both be in big trouble. So not proud to say this, but th- that was the first night I ever spent the night with my wife. And uh, the next day, we, um, we, we walked out six miles. And I'm, I'm apologizing the entire way, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. This was not planned. The first part was, and she's like, right. Now, I'm telling you, I, I liked it. It was awesome. I enjoyed, you know, but, but I mean, this was a mess, and we're going to be in trouble. And I'll be like, we're so far off road. I don't know if we'll find our way out. I don't know if we'll find somebody. Lo and behold, we, wa- we hiked a long ways out, several miles down the hard road to a gas station, and some guy came back in a big truck, big tires, and pulled us out. Here's the point I want to make. Some of you, your story's kind of like that. You've gotten so far off road that you don't know how to come back, and you're not even so sure that God wants you back. But here's the point I want to make that God pursues you no matter how far off-road you've gotten. He will never, ever, ever quit on you or myself. I find a lot of hope in that. I find a lot of security in that. And I I find in that idea that God pursues me no matter what, that he's pursuing me for relationship. And that relationship extends wherever I'm at. If I'm really, really messed up, if I'm really, really out of his will, if I'm really, really mad at him, if I'm really, really sad, if I'm really, really confused, if I can't make heads or tails, if I can't find true north, God's pursuing me no matter how far off road I'm at. So my hope is today, wherever he, wherever you are at, he wants you to have hope and security in who he is, not your abilities, not your performance, not even what you're trying to do for him right now, but just in him. Let's pray. Lord, we surrender to your, 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 your love for us today. We surrender to your, um, your never-ending pursuit of grace to offer us um, love, forgiveness, forgiveness. Gosh, Lord, I need that every day. And some days when I need it, need it more, I feel like I can't come back to you because I've already used up your forgiveness. And Lord, I'm grateful that your grace is enough. It's enough. There's nothing I can do about trying to be better for you that's going to cause you to love me more than you already do right now. Never more evidenced than the story of Hosea who you told him to love a prostitute (laughs) in spite of her cheating on him. And God, I, I can say personally, God, there's been plenty of times I've cheated on you, that I've surrendered to other things, that I've leaned on other things. There's been plenty of other crutches in my life, stuff, people, my, my even giftedness that you've given me, God, that I've, I've leaned on other things, God. But Lord, I, I recognize how much you love me. 
And Lord, I want to surrender to you. And I want you to be my sole source. God, thank you that you accept, accept me for exactly who I am and where I am at at this moment. Lord, I don't want to clean up and get better for the point of just being better. God, I just want to run to you. I want to be connected to you. And God, I, I don't want to worry about how to, how to solve me, fix me, understand me. God, I don't think I'll ever solve that. But I can, I can run to you. And that's, that's the sweetest, smartest, best spot for me. So Lord, today we, sir, we say yes. And God, we leverage this beginning of the year to lean in to, to say yes to you. We love you, Lord. Amen. You guys can stay seated.